This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible. We do appreciate those of you that are watching today. Thank you so much. Uh, Likely we have those watching for the first time, and we want you to know that we appreciate your tuning in to watch our telecast. Now today on our telecast, we are going to be discussing this subject, God first. God first. We're going to be studying an Old Testament story that contains the thought of God being first. Stay tuned. Now today we continue to offer the free Bible correspondence course. And may I emphasize to those of you who may be wondering, is it really free? May I assure you it is. We're not going to ask for your credit card. We're not going to ask you to send us any money. We want to make this something that you can use to study the Bible at home. In order that you might know more about the Bible course, that you might know how to receive it, let's pause for just a moment. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580. Or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. One of the interesting characters of the Old Testament It is a prophet by the name of Elijah. And it was in the time that Ahab became king over Israel that we find an interesting story about Elijah. You see, Ahab married a woman by the name of Jezebel. And Jezebel was a very wicked woman. She had a man by the name of Naboth killed just to get his vineyard. And Ahab followed in the religion of Jezebel. And he began to worship uh, idols. He made a carved image out of wood to worship. And he was bowing down to the God of Baal. As a matter of fact, in the chapter 16 of the book of 1 Kings, We're told that he did more to provoke God to anger than all the other kings of Israel put together. See, he was an extremely wicked man. And that's when Elijah came on the scene. And he came to Ahab and he told Ahab that 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 as the Lord God lives, it's not going to rain on this earth. There will not even be dew on the earth uh, until my word. And so there was going to be a drought. Wasn't going to rain. And so God instructed the prophet to go down to the brook Cherith. Then it flows into the Jordan River. And he says, there you're going to be able to drink from the brook. You'll have water to drink when it doesn't rain. No dew on the earth. I've commanded the ravens to feed you there. So he went down by the brook. And sure enough, the ravens would bring him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. 
and he drank from the brook. But if you'll notice in the seventh verse, it says the brook dried up. And the reason the brook dried up, because there had been no rain. Now let's take up the reading here in 1 Kings chapter 17 at verse 8. And listen as I read. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, bring, Please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, Please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So she said, As the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. See, I'm gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and, and my son that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, Do not fear. Go and do as you've said, but make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me. And afterward make some for yourself and, and your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, The bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry, until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah, and she and her household ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. Here is Elijah, over down by the rook Cherith, and the brook dries up. And so God had instructed a widow to sustain him. Now, now this widow had some problems. First of all, she had the problem of being a widow. Her husband likely had died. Secondly, she had a problem. She was poor. And third, she had a son she had to support. There likely are some people watching the telecast right now, some women who are in a situation similar to that. You may be a single mother. You may be struggling just to make ends meet. And you can identify with this woman. But this woman also was a Gentile, and so that made her a very unlikely source of help for God's prophet. Sometimes God's best comes from an unlikely source. It sometimes comes from an unlikely place. The question is asked in the book of John chapter 1 verse 46, Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Well, that we, you and I know the answer to that question. Yes, indeed, something good can come out of Nazareth. And the Savior of the world came out of Nazareth, maybe an unlikely source. But you see, for this woman and for the prophet, God had a plan in mind. God has a plan for you and He has a plan for me. In Jeremiah 29 and 11, the Lord said, I, have, I, I know the thoughts that I have toward you. One version says, I know the plans that I have for you. And of course, contextually, he was talking about the, the plan that he had after his people went into captivity to bring them back again and to bless them. 
But God still has a plan for people today. And we need to, to realize that God is always looking out for the best interest of His people. But there was a plea that the prophet made. He said, I want you to give me some, some bread to eat. He was a hungry man. I need some water to drink. You know, that, that's really all that we need to live, isn't it? If we just have some bread and water, we can survive on that. And, and uh, he said, uh, uh, I, I am a hungry and I need something to eat and something to drink. And so he made this appeal, he made this plea to the widow. I, I wonder sometimes if we really hear the pleas of people today. That there are people today that are hungry. I mean physically hungry. It bothers me when I know that there are little children that may go to bed at night and their, their stomachs are, are hurting. Maybe their stomachs are, are extended because they've not had food to eat and, they, and they're not even getting a f sufficient water. I, I read accounts, and I know that you've seen accounts not only on the news, but maybe in other sources, uh, of people that die every day for the lack of water. That's almost inconceivable to me, that anyone could die from a lack of water on this earth today. But that's the case. There are places where there is not water that can help sustain life, and people are pleading for help. But more importantly... Are we hearing the pleas of people that are crying out for the water of life and for the bread of life? They're saying like the people of Macedonia, come over and help us, Acts 16, verse 9. People are pleading today on getting to know your Bible. We hear a lot of those pleas. We hear from people all over the world who are saying, I want the gospel. We hear from people not only all across the United States, from one end of the United States to the other. But we hear from people in foreign countries, from the West Indies, from South America. We hear from people in India and Africa. We hear from people in the Philippines, from Croatia, many other places around the globe. And the, the cry, the appeal is the same. We just want the gospel. Recently, there was one man who got in contact with us and he was living in a foreign country. And he said, I have left the church of which I have been a member. And he told us what it was. And he said, I'm looking for the Lord's church today. I want to find the church you read about in the Bible. And there are honest men and women, boys and girls all over the world that are making that plea. But this woman had a plight. Her plight was, when the man asked for some water and some bread, well, she said, all I have is just a handful of meal. All I have is just a little oil in my jar. You see, this, this woman was poor and she was hungry too. And what she intended to do is to help herself. She was going to cook something for herself and for her son, and they were going to eat it and then they were going to die. But you know what? This woman was an unusual woman. She, she was like the people of Macedonia, of whom we read in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 8. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, beginning in the first verse of that chapter, the Bible says, Moreover, brethren, we make known to you the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, that in a great trial of affliction, 
Now what was their great trial of affliction? They had gone through three civil wars that left them in a very poor state. He said that in the great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty, not just poverty, but deep poverty, abounded in the riches of their liberality. For I bear witness that according to their ability, yea, and beyond their ability, even more than was expected, they were freely willing, imploring us with much urgency that we should re- re- would receive the gift and the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. Can you imagine? Here were people that were poor, and yet they were begging, pleading for an opportunity to help people that were in need. And then he goes on to say, and not only as we had hoped, but the first gave themselves to the Lord, then to us by the will of God. And so the first thing they did was to give themselves to the Lord. This woman was like those people of Macedonia. They gave willingly. First they gave. You see, there is really no excuse that we could ever hope to offer for refusing to help to do good to other people. Not not when I read about this woman who was poor. Not when I read about the people of Macedonia who were poor. Not when I read about the poor widow who gave two mites. You see, I, I don't know of an excuse that I could ever offer for not giving my best service to the Lord. I approached a young man where I preached at the Summerdale Church of Christ. And I was approaching him about serving in a capacity in the church, capacity of leadership. And I wanted to find out his willingness to serve. And his response was, I don't believe, and this is not an exact quote, but this was the essence of his, well, his statement. I don't believe that a Christian should ever turn down an opportunity to do something good and to help the Lord. And they had a wonderful spirit. That's the kind of a spirit that this woman had. Now, there was a proposition made to her, and that's in verse 13. And, the, and Elijah said to her, now, I don't want you to fear. I know you need this food. I know you need to take that flour and bake it for yourself, for your son. But he said, do not fear. Go and do as you have said. But make me a small cake from it first. You see that word first? Make me a cake first and bring it to me. In other words, here's the man is a prophet of God and said, I want you to bring it to me first. And then after that, make some for yourself and your son. Now that was the proposition here's a woman who needed to eat that for herself. And she was told that that you do this and the Lord is going to bless you. Make it for me first. I've often thought, and I think correctly so, until we get to the point in our lives that we can put the Lord first, We can lay it all down for Him first that we're really not ready to serve Him. Until we put Him first, 
We're not going to receive the best of God's blessings. You see, God wants the best that we have. And He wants the, us to, do the, to, to put Him first. God first. Well, God wants us to put Him first with our time. I, I wonder, do we really do that? I, I think about how so much time is wasted with television. Useless television. I, I think about how much time is wasted and people looking on the Facebook, on their computers, and, and spending hours and hours every week doing that. And yet they never find the time, seemingly so many of them, I'm sure, don't ever find the time to pick up the Bible and, and to read the Bible and face this book and read from this book. You see, God wants us to put Him first with our time. God, God wants us to put Him first with our money. We're to honor the Lord with the first fruits of all of our increase, Proverbs 3, 9 and 10. He ought to be first. God should be first with our efforts. All of our efforts ought to be with this in mind. What can I do to help advance the cause of Christ on this earth today? What can I do to help this world be in a better place in which to live? He wants us to our efforts first. But it goes without saying. He wants the best of our love. He wants us to love Him first. You know, Matthew twenty two thirty seven. 37, Jesus said, to Love the Lord thy God with all your heart. And may I remind us all, He will not tolerate a rival. In the Old Testament, he told uh, the, the, his people, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. He will not tolerate a rival for your love. And so this woman was given this proposition, Make me a cake first. Now here's the promise in verse 14. He said, If you'll make me a cake first, the bin of flour will not be used up. The jar of oil will not run dry until the Lord lets it rain on the earth again. Now you think about how much faith it would take on the, on the part of that woman to take what little bit of flour she had, what little oil she had in her jar, and take what she had that she needed to use to feed herself and her son, and then feed the prophet first. I'm telling you, it took faith to do that. Now the reason some people never lay it all down for the Lord and put Him first is a lack of faith. A lack of faith in the promises that God has made. Our God is a promise-making God. But He's also a promise-keeping God. He's always kept His Word and He will keep His Word today. Well, he's promised in, he promised his people in the Old Testament who had been accused of robbing him. This is what he promised them. Malachi 3 verse 10, Bring you all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord, if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Let me ask you, do you believe that? Do you believe that if you lay it down and give it to God, that God's going to bless you. 
The Bible teaches in Proverbs 11, 24, 25, the liberal soul shall be made rich. One version says the liberal soul shall be made fat. And so we're going to be blessed if we give to God. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men give into your bosoms. We're going to be blessed when we give the Lord the very best and we put Him first in our lives. But then I want you to think about verses 16 and 17 because this tells about how she was going to be, uh, she was going to be blessed and the Lord would prosper her. And so she went away and she did according to the word of Elijah. And so she and her household ate many days. Think about that. She only had enough oil, enough meal just to feed her son. Then they were going to go die. But they were dying. But she had enough to last until it rained on the earth. It never was used up. And, and this was according to the word of the Lord which he spoke by Elijah. You see, when Elijah said, feed me first, he was speaking for God. He was in essence saying, I want you to put God first. And when she did, she was blessed. And may I remind us all right now that when we give God the best and put Him first. You and I are going to be blessed. You see, whatever you lay down for the Lord always comes back to you. There, there's a story in, in the book of Genesis chapter 22 about the occasion when Abraham was to offer his son upon the altar. And, and he was to offer his only son. And this was being a testing time for Abraham, according to Genesis 22 and verse 1. So he took his son, wood, and the fire. They came out to the place where the offering was to be made. He built an altar. He had his son on that altar. And he was about to plunge a knife into the body of his son and take his life. When his hand was stayed, he could not move it. And he saw a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And he knew that the Lord had put that ram there to be used as a substitute for his son. And he offered that ram upon that altar in the place of his son. But if you read in the book of Hebrews chapter 11 verses 17 to 19 you will learn why. Because Abraham believed that if he took the life of his son God was able to raise him up from the dead and continue to bless him with the seed promise that he had made back in Genesis chapter 12. You see he laid down his son but he got his son back. And whatever you lay down for God will always come back to you. To show this again, after the prophet was fed, it happened that the woman's uh, son got sick. He was about to die. 
And so Elijah comes to her house and says, Give me your son. And he took him out of her arms and carried him into the upper room and, and he put him on the bed. And then the prophet laid on him. And he said, Oh Lord my God, I pray let this soul, child's soul come back to him. That's what he asked God. The Lord heard the voice of Elijah. And the soul of the child came back to him. And he revived. She had laid it down for God and put God first. And now she gets her son back. And this is what the woman said in verse 24. Now this I know. That you are a man of God. And that the word of the Lord in your mouth is the truth. Are you willing to lay it down for God and let Him be first in your life? Are you willing to do that? Jesus laid down His life for you, for me. And He wants us to do that. Jesus in Matthew 16 and 24 said, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Are you willing to lay your life down? Are you willing as a believer in Jesus Christ, are you willing right now to say, I'm going to repent of my sins? I'm going to cease the sinning business I've been in. And that doesn't mean you'll never make another mistake. It just means that you won't do it deliberately. We, we change our thinking from wanting to be a sinner to not wanting to be a sinner. Will you repent of your sins? Confess your faith in Christ and be baptized into Him. Would you do that today? I want to thank you for watching, uh, getting to know your Bible today. And, and again, may I encourage you to visit the Church of Christ in your community. And right now, pick up the telephone, please. And call the number that you've seen on the screen and request a free Bible correspondence course. This will help you to learn what God wants you to do to please Him. And that's the only thing that I'm really concerned about. How can I please God? And would you do that today? Don't hesitate. I want to thank you for watching today. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you is my prayer. I feel like my professors care not only about my progress in their classes, but also me as a person. Having teachers that will pray for me is incredible. Providing a Christ-centered education is the heart of everything we do at Fulton University. From the classroom to the sports fields, we emphasize integrity of character and a godly attitude in all phases of life. Visit our website today to see what Faulkner has for you. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, 
Summerdale, Alabama, 36580 or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible. <laughs>